0: Kaladin! Lopin said, sounding worried. What? Kaladin said, distracted, still working. Kaladin! Lopin had called him by his name, rather than saying Goncho. Kaladin stood up, turning to see the short Hardasian man standing at the back of the crowd, pointing at the chasm. The battle had moved farther north, but the group of Parshendi had punched through Sadeus' line. They had bows. Kaladin watched, stunned, as the group of Parshendi fell into formation and notched. 50 arrows, all pointing at Kaladin's crew. The Parshendi didn't seem to care that they were exposing themselves to attack from behind. They seemed focused on only one thing. Destroying Kaladin and his men. Heroes of Presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book 1,
1: The Way of Kings.
0: This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters... 1 and 62. If you haven't gotten this far in your reading, then I would suggest going back and reading and then catching up with us because we definitely don't want you being spoiled. But if you are exactly where you're supposed to be, which I really hope is sitting and listening to us, if you're hearing this, then I guess you are. Whoa, that's crazy. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host Sean Q, and I normally call him Gancho, but this episode's super important, and I want his attention. So instead, I'm just gonna go Jack. What's up?
1: Hello. Good morning. Good man. Good. Good
0: morning to you too.
1: We are doing a morning podcast.
0: Um, so right off the top of the show here, we have to let the listeners know that this is the second time we've attempted to record this episode. Uh, we got twosies. very yeah, very close to the end of this chapter before my Mac froze. Um, I've been having some Mac issues every once in a while. I'm not sure exactly what brings it on. Uh, it'll go weeks without any problems. And then never, all of a sudden, we've had to re-record a couple episodes like this. So um, hopefully mm-hmm. it doesn't happen now. Um, Normally, we... We thought about maybe keeping the secret and not and trying to pass it off as um, this is the first time, but I really learned from the mistakes I made um, and hearing other podcasters say that they make mistakes sometimes too and stuff happens with their technical difficulties. So I thought it was important for us to say it um, in case someone else out there is listening and they're starting their own podcast and just know it's okay. You just have to do a little more work and um, you know, as frustrating as it is, uh, we we totally understand. So.
1: Yeah, second time Uh, is a good time.
0: Yeah, (laughs) night time is the right time.
1: Chapter sixty-one again for the second time for the first time.
0: Yeah, let's talk about this chapter.
1: Right for wrong. Mm Hmm. Um. Noticing in the relief work around the title of the for the chapter is a depiction of a young boy or girl. Mm Hmm. I'm not uh, positive about that, but. I uh, wasn't sure if that could be Renarin or if it was Tien.
0: Yeah, it looks like it could I'm be sure. um, Tien or Renarin, maybe Adolin. Adolin has the same kind of, oh, I yeah, feel like Adeline has the same kind of hairstyle. It could yeah, be either that's... one of those dudes. Mm. Um, we also have the, uh, the art here on the side yeah. of the potential Soulcaster looking device. I feel like it's not a Soulcaster because Soulcaster normally has like chains that go to rings around yeah. the fingers. Yeah. But this looks like it could be a Soulcaster. So I don't know. There's th- the, um, all the script is in this, uh, this, uh. Um, I love the
1: static writing.
0: Uh, it's yeah, it's yeah. really cool. So we can't really tell what it is.
1: Hmm. Well, the chapter does begin with a simple death quote. Yes. In the storm, I awaken falling, spinning and grieving. Mm-hmm. And it jumps, the chapter jumps into Dalinar and Navani. Navani asking Dalinar, how can you be so sure it was him, Dalinar? And he says, I just am. That was Noadon. Yeah. So they're discussing his uh, recent vision.
0: Yeah, this is about several hours later, it says, after the vision already happened. So they've discovered that he... um, has been speaking in the dawn chant and, uh, that this discovery is like blowing Navani's mind and they've been sitting around talking about right. it for several hours. Um, Adolin's gone. He had some stuff to do.
1: Yeah. I like to note here a couple things that Renarin mm. is sitting across from Navani and Dalinar during this conversation and he's sitting there and it says for propriety's sake. <laughs> yeah. Which I like. I always like these little, uh, ways of communicating the character like you know um he's there because dalinar has taught him that this is the right thing to do
0: right and also because dalinar wants him to be there as a chaperone because <laughs> yeah, he chaperone. doesn't please, trust himself please around protect
1: me from my feelings for navani because <laughs> yeah. i really love her and chances are i'd
0: son you're just gonna have son... to sit here and watch your aunt and i talk because if you're not there we might do it <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're going to do my aunt.
0: What? Mashallah, no! Is, that, is yeah, that how you say is it? Mashallah or Malasha? No,
1: I must protect you. <laughs> um, the, okay, and, and and it does say that you're right, that Adeline was away, but it says that Adeline has been disturbed by the discovery that there's the potential, or not even potential, but it really does seem that the visions are real. Right. Because of the Don Chant um, sort of evidence, I guess. When we.
0: When we recorded this last time, I, uh, I had said that, um, that I th- one of the reasons I think this is is because of the four people that are involved in this last scene where they discovered that it was real, um, mm-hmm. Dalinar is experiencing them. So, of course, he's going to be relieved to believe that they're real. Um, mm-hmm. Navani and Renarin are both scholars. Navani works yes. in Fabrials and these magical supernatural stuff. Renarn, yeah. we learn this chapter, has been doing lots of research into the old magic and into all kinds of different things. So He's a very scholarly minded person, fa- fascinated by Fabrials. But Adeline is kind of like a plain Jane kind of guy, right? He's a duelist. He sticks to his calling. He's a good soldier. Um, he likes Alethi fashion and he's kind of like your normal Alethi man, um. So his experience with the supernatural isn't as extensive as these other characters. So when you tell him, hey, listen, you know those fucked up dreams your dad's been having? They're real. Um, It's yeah. going to hit him a little harder than it's going to hit the other two, I think.
1: Yeah, potentially. I think, I, I think when I reflect on Adeline's experience with his dad with regards to the vision, yeah. I think that my sense of it has been that Adeline wants this to go away. Right. Or that he wanted it to go away. Um, you know, that he wished that his dad could just be, you know, the Blackthorn, the accomplished, um, that he, even that he would loosen up on some of his restrictions. Restrictions. Yeah. And, and adherences to the codes. Like that's the Adeline that I sort of think he was like, I think that's what he was yearning for. But now that you're inching closer and closer to the seriousness of what's going on. Right. It's, it, it pushes him in that, uh, uncomfortable place where he has to face it, that this is, uh, you know, yeah. Um, a, a very, very real and serious problem.
0: I think that, I think that you're right. I think that the part of Adeline is, um, wanting for, like to, to return to normalcy. And, Like, to go Mm -hmm. back to how things were before. But we know that he's not that person anymore either, right? Like, he just had uh, uh, wine and cheese or whatever with his buddies, and he's now going against the same ideas that they, that he had earlier. Like, you know, they said, oh, well, you thought like this a couple of weeks ago when we last got together. And, you know, he walked through the camp and he saw people dressed the way that, you know, he would have liked to be dressed, but realized the folly in not obeying the code. So even though right. he'd like to return to the old ways, he's already too far gone now yeah. onto this new way to return.
1: Right. and I, I, And I think that, the that part of Adeline's journey is realizing how, um, I guess realizing the wisdom in his father's ways. Right. Like he's, 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 he, that's his like experience. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's coming to terms with that, which is, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, Navani further, uh, is prying Dalinar and says, um, that it, it might've been some other king, that you saw. After all, he discarded the suggestion that you, that he write a book and then, uh, he pipes back. Um, it just wasn't the time for him to write it yet. So much death was caused by this desolation. He was cast down by great loss. Nine out of 10 people were dead, Navani, he says. Can you imagine such a thing? And she says the desolations and he says, you?" and he asks her, do you know any references of the desolations? And he's not talking about the ardents. He wants, uh, or historical reference uh, or what, what, what he's after is historical references. Right. And, um, she says, well, yes, yes, there are, but I'm I'm the wrong person to ask. Yasna is the historian.
0: Right. And we know she's kind of doing that work right now, right?
1: Are we colliding into some more yasna Is there yeah. more yasna before the end of the book? I hope so.
0: I hope well. so too. Even though I know the answer You
1: know um, You don't pretend But we
0: we know um, that Yasna from, Remember that scene um, A part ago Or whatever When mm-hmm. Shalon snuck into Yasna's room And looked through her notebooks Yep We know that she's been looking into Desolations And uh-huh. void bringers, And Voidbringers, so Yasna's yeah. already there Yasna's already looking into this stuff So okay. hopefully she'll have answers For our characters That'd be amazing It would be amazing
1: so I think I think I saw the aftermath of one. Is right. what Dalinar is saying to Navani. I may have seen the corpses of Voidbringers. So those stone creatures that we saw mm-hmm. could be the Voidbringers. Right. Um, he mentions, uh, or she mentions that that de- that the desolations are a matter of ancient lore. But those words, if we can translate them, the ones that you were saying, Dalinar, nobody will be able to dispute that you're seeing something real if we can, right. if we can corroborate this. So that's huge. And then he says, well, you intend to tell others of my visions? And she says, how else are we to explain what's happening to you? Right. And Dalinar is kind of experiencing a bit of hesitation on this.
0: I, I don't like, blame him.
1: <clears throat> he's you know. relieved in one way to know that he's not mad. So he's relieved. <clears throat> but, um, but he says, what if someone, what if, um, I was being misled with these visions? What if yeah. that is still a component here, which he's not quite sure of. And he says the night's radiant fell. They had abandoned us. And there was a, an unsettling kind of a, because that's not really what he has seen. Like, like he, he doesn't, what, what he's seen so far. mm mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to support the idea that the Radiance abandoned.
0: Right. Yeah, I like this because it gives us, there's a couple of points here. One, of course, Navani's going to have to tell somebody about it, regardless of whether or not right. um, she, they want to tell people to show that Dalinar is not going nuts with these, these episodes. But also, if she's going to translate the Don chant and everything that he's saying, she's not going to be able to do it herself.
1: She needs other... She,
0: yeah, you're right. She's going to need other scholars, maybe Ardents. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a big undertaking. She's not going to be able to do it yep. herself. But right. one of this, this thing here where he starts worrying about being misled by the visions, it, mm-hmm. um, it speaks to me a little bit about Kaladin, you know? Yeah. This whole time Dalinar is thinking, are these visions real or are they fake? If they're fake and I'm, like, and I'm going nuts, well, then I have to abdicate. But if they're real, then what does that mean too? And now that he's like, oh my God, they're real. Now he's like Kaladin and he's like, can I trust these visions? Is it a curse? Is it a, uh, am I blessed? And we have this like through line between Kaladin and Dalinar again. Whereas before we had them like kind of on the same track, we have them on the same track again here where, you know, this supernatural thing is happening to both these characters and they're both not completely embracing it because they're not sure if they can trust it, is, is this a curse? Well, it's Am I cursed to survive while everyone around me dies? Is this a curse? Is someone misleading me with these visions because they want right. me to do something bad?
1: They're, they're carrying with them. Well, it's, it's a, to put it simply, they're, they're smart characters. So right. they are keeping with them their in, incredulity and skepticism. Right. So, and that's, that's a smart thing to do. you like, you, you never surrender that from, from your toolbox. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's that. That's interesting. I, I like what Navani says next. She says, Dalinar, the war camps are um, speaking about your episodes. Even the wives of your officers are uncomfortable. They think right. that you fear. Uh, sorry, th- they think you fear the storms, or that you have some kind of a disease of the mind. This will vindicate you if we if we share this information about the donshen, the, con- the these confirmations, right." And he says, how, how will that vindicate me by making me into some kind of a mystic? Right. Um, So he doesn't seem wild about being that kind of character. He's not, he, like being the sage or the seer or the Gandalf. He's not, he's like, I don't, that's, I'm the Black Thorn. Right. Like I'm, I'm Dalinar Colon. I'm not, you know, how is that going to vindicate me? He says, many, many will think that the breeze of these visions blows too close to prophecy. Right. I love that. The breeze of these visions there again is the wind guiding the visions. Yeah. The breeze of the visions blows too close to prophecy. It's, it's right there, dude. This, it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. The wind is the wind is blowing through this whole wonderful series or not I don't know about the series but this certainly this this This, this, this
0: novel moment. for sure.
1: Um <clears throat> so that I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah, but Bernarin's like, you know, this, this isn't, he pipes up here and he says, it's not prophecy. You're technically, you're seeing the past. So. Right. There's, this is something else other than that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he says, if this does come from the almighty, then they shouldn't object. But that's the question, right? That's the question that yeah. Dalinar's having. Yeah. Who is sending me these visions?
1: Right. And why? Mm-hmm. Um. Nivani says, Dalinar, your sons told me that you were once that you once sought the old magic. Why? Why did you? What did you ask of the Night Watcher, and what curse did she give you?" Now, Dalinar's not wild about talking about this subject.
0: Yeah, we've we've experienced he, his he, reluctance before.
1: He only he only wants to say basically that uh, no, I, I'm I'm not going to speak about that. But I'm I'm convinced that even though I did engage in the old magic, um it has nothing to do with the visions but navani's not quite so sure she keeps she's uh, she sort of presses upon the point um Dalliner says it was a long time a uh, long time before the visions began and i don't think it's related but navani says but it could be and he said that he comments here he says yes he admitted would that day never stop haunting him right was not losing all memory of his wife enough right And here it is getting brought up again and again. Um, Dalinar says, look, I'm sorry that you had to discover my shame with regards to this. Um, speaking to Navani, but she says, she's not bothered. Um, she says, soliciting the old magic is offensive to the devotaries, but their punishments for the act are never severe. And I assume that you didn't have to do much to be cleansed. And he says, no, I did not. I merely had to give some um, spheres to the poor.
2: Right just very small
1: or a series of prayers he had, he had to do. Yeah. Which would, uh, purport to remove these, uh, the sense of guilt. So, um, and I think Renarin pipes in here too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's like, I've been doing research. Yeah.
0: And it doesn't seem to correlate. These two things are not connected. um, because he says, you know, like you, you know what your boon and your curse is, Dad. And he says, Yeah, I know what it is. He says, Okay, well then, if you know what both of them are, that's it. Like I don't think that these things are connected.
1: He says, He says, uh, always one curse and one desire, Father. I assume you, you know the, um, you know what those things are. And he says, Yes, I know exactly what my curse was, and it does not relate to this. And then Renarin just quite simply says, Then it is unlikely that the old magic is to blame. Right. So so there you go. So that seems to be a, d- a dead lead.
0: This is a confirmation here, because last time we had this conversation between Dalinar and his sons about the old magic, um, he talks about, he thinks about the boon and curse. He says, yeah, I know what it is. Um, and then he, and in his mind, he thinks about his wife, which he can't remember. So to Wish us, the reader... We have to connect that the the whatever he did with the old magic is connected to the wife. But we don't actually know for sure that's no. what it is. But he comes out and plainly says it here that losing the memories of his wife isn't enough. Like, so we know that those lost memories are a result of this old magic. Right. Whereas before it was sort of hinted at, <clears throat> um, we extrapolated from reading the book that that's what it was. But ultimately, um, he's saying it out plainly here that th- his interaction with old magic had to do with his wife, and now the loss of those memories.
1: So Renarin pipes up to his aunt and says, "What were the desolations, Navani, or he calls her aunt? Um, what were they really? Do we, um, do we know anything specific?" And she co- she comments here. Um, there are folklorists among your father's clerks who would serve you better in this matter. And Dalinar says, yeah, but I'm not sure which of them I can trust. Right. And I, I mentioned to you last time that I, that made me a little uneasy that, that there are people, am- or, you know, I guess in this case, these folklorists mm-hmm. whom Dalinar is not sure who we can trust among them. That uh, doesn't exactly inspire confidence. Navani no, and- does... Does continue on with, with a little story here. And she says, uh, fair enough. Well, from what I understand, there, there are no primary accounts uh, remaining. This was long, long ago. I do recall that the myth of Parasephi and and Nadris mentions the desolations. Right. Renar, Renarin saying Parasephi, she's the one who searched for the for the seed stones. Navani says, yes. In order to repopulate her fallen people, she climbed the peaks of Dara." To find stones that were touched by the heralds themselves, she brought them to Nidris on his deathbed and harvested his seed to bring life to those stones. And they hatched forth 10 children, which she used to found a new nation, Marna. And Renarin knows about this. He says, that's the origin of the Makabaki. Right. My mother told me that story when I was a child. So that's that's a cool bit of lore that we, that we get to learn from this, too. Yeah, I like that a lot. Born from the rocks, Dalinar uh, questions.
0: Um, <laughs> I find it funny that uh, this Nadris guy has his seed harvested on his deathbed. I c- couldn't help but think, <laughs> like, that's a pretty great way to go. You know, you're on your deathbed, and some <laughs> mythical hero who climbed mountains comes over to harvest your seed, yeah. and then Listen, from that can, is can born. Can you do something
1: like, kind of freaky with these rocks? <laughs> can you get your freak on with these rocks, it's, dude? It's you're like, like what? Wh- you want me to. What do you want me to do with the rocks? I want you to see. I want you. To, I want you. To, I want you to get on. I it's want like you to, rock I want fetish.
0: Rock. rock fetish. Is this rock <laughs> fetish? Um, so yeah, um, ten. Ten uh, different children were hatched, right? I'm mm-hmm. looking at the map right now, and if I'm looking at the Makabaki area of the world, I wonder mm-hmm. if there's ten countries there. There's Alm, which is one. Yezir, that's two. Dash is okay, three.
1: Whoa, whoa. If you're going to the map, I got to go along with you, pal. Okay. So I got to try to find it in my uh, paperback it should be version. at the beginning. The okay, there we go. So yeah, if I've I'm map. looking
0: at these ma- this map, then mm-hmm. if I'm, I'm going to count how many uh, Makabaki nations there are, I'm looking at Alm 1, Yezir 2, Desh 3, Azir 4, um, Steen 5, Leah 4, 6, Tashik 7, Emul 8, Tukar 9, and Marat 10. So there are ten nations in this tiny area, which is where the Makabaki are. So ten children are hatched from stone, and ten nations of the Makabaki. So I think that that those are things; those two things are correlated there.
1: Well, and of course, are these? I mean, these are these are myths, right? Like, of course. So we're we're, we're to take this not literally. No, of course assuming, not. But.
0: but- um, it does say that the uh, debateries <coughs> for Voranism actually have canonized this story and they believe it's true. Now, that okay. could be because um, the, the Vorans want the rest of the world to believe that the Makabaki came from stone and that maybe that's some shade they're throwing on them. Um, or maybe Showing, because it there shows is... their
1: strength there, they come from stone. It's like a, yeah, that's possible it's, too, it's like, right? They're giving it's, them, it's like, it's like the dwarves, you know, they, it's, we're resolute. We are, we are indestructible. We are, we come, we, we are of stone right, and we can weather right. the storms.
0: Hmm. We also what, know what that better material um, that
1: can weather a high storm than, than a stone.
0: Exactly. Storm. That's you're, you're totally right. We also know that. From previous chapters, that um, the people in the Makabaki area—I think it's the um, the Imuli—they have their religion is um, seen to be a splinter religion from Vornism, or that Vornism is a splinter religion of their religion. Remember, so. Mm. So there is a connection between Makabaki beliefs and Voren beliefs, even if it's like one of those like root, uh, root religion type things. Like at one point they kind of all believe the same thing and then everything kind of got splintered off after thousands of years, um, mm-hmm. like happens in our, in our, in our world. Um, but I thought it was interesting that there were 10 Makabaki nations and 10 yeah, children. So
1: 10. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. It's neat. Um, Okay, the story, so this story that Navani brings up of uh, Parasafi and Nadris, or Nadris, um, Mm. the story mentions the desolations at the beginning, Navani said, giving them credit for having wiped out Parasafi's people. But what were they? uh, Dalinar asks, wars. Navani takes a sip of wine, she says, the Voidbringers came again and again, trying to force mankind off Roshar and into damnation, just as they once forced mankind and the heralds out of the Tranquiline Halls. Yeah. And then Dalinar says, when were the uh, Knights Radiant uh, founded? And she says, I I don't know. Some say that they were a military group or a mercenary band. That would make it easy uh, to see how they could eventually become tyrants. And Dalinar pushes back on this perception. My visions don't imply that they were tyrant. Like this doesn't, this doesn't, you know, connect with what I've, with what I've seen. Yeah. In terms of the visions, because that's, that's the story that's told at the Knights abandoned. But I want to talk about this thing briefly with you, with regards to the Voidbringers coming again and again, forcing mankind off Rishar. They've already done it. As you mentioned to me before, they've done it in the tranquiline Halls. Yeah, where's that which quote is, again? Which is kind of like a heaven. <clears throat> and so if mankind and the Heralds were together in the tranquiline Halls and the Voidbringers kept coming and coming, banishing them out, and now if there are efforts to do that on Roshar. Yeah. So my question is, as a first-time reader, what happens if this war, this continuing effort, what if they manage to get everybody out of Roshar.
0: Well, here, let me read this quote again here, and we'll kind of dissect it, okay? Void bringers came again and again, trying to force mankind off Roshar and into damnation, just as they had once forced mankind and the heralds out of the Tranquiline Halls. So it sounds like mankind and the heralds existed in the Tranquiline Halls, which is heaven.
1: The right. void bringers yeah, came...
0: Took over the tranquiline halls and forced the heralds and right. humankind onto down to Roshar, Roshar. Yeah. onto this world, and now the desolations are the Voidbringers' attempts to come onto Roshar and force right. them into damnation, to damnation, which is to hell. Yeah. Right. So your question is, what happens if they succeed?
1: What happens if they succeed? Like, what happens if we find humans or the remnants of the Knights Radiant or the heralds? What if they uh, are found, you know, what if they are fought back into damnation? Yeah, that's, that's my question. Right. And also we were talking earlier about the, the honor of living in Roshar. So your, your experience on Roshar is to live well, to fight According hard, to Vornism. According to Vornism, And then when you right. die, you may have the opportunity to then be I guess reborn, reborn. to join the
0: heralds. Back to join in the, the
1: heralds in the tranquiline halls to fight in that war, to try to reclaim, to reclaim the tranquiline right. halls. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's like the whole basis of their whole religion
1: concept. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, the the as as interesting, this whole just these <clears> two <throat> uh, uh, sentences here, this little paragraph, is mm-hmm. sort of like the explanation for everything that's going on in this in this story. Except that this is from one point of view, right? This is coming out of one person's mouth based on their religious views of Voronism. So just like we know, you know, who Mm -hmm. discovered the Parshendi first, it was Gavilar, it was Dalinar. Yasna says, we've known it for years. We know that the truth is very, very, is not one-sided here in this this series. So just because this is an explanation of what could be happening in this whole universe, this whole world. Right, right. It doesn't necessarily mean it's true.
1: Mean it's true, right.
0: Yeah. But it's really, really great to think about.
1: Oh, totally. It's really
0: fascinating to think about, for sure.
1: He says something interesting um, a little further down on this page. What if the Voidbringers were behind the visions? Because some stories he had heard said that They could possess the bodies of men and make them do evil. So there's a few things I have to say about that. What if the Voidbringers are possessing Dalinar Mm -hmm. and showing him? So what if he is being manipulated? But what about, what about, um, what about Seth?
2: What about Seth?
1: Well, what about, like, if a Voidbringer can possess someone. Right. Like, I'm just trying to think back into what I know of Zeth so far.
0: He's not, you, you, he's not a, like, a um, hostage in his own body while his body does no. atrocities. He's his, doing his the atrocities weight. because he's being forced by an oath, like this oath stone. Right. He's, he's bound to obey who holds the stone.
1: Who holds the stone. Right. right. So it's not like he's yeah, so a, so it's not um, possession. Okay. Right.
0: Yeah. It's not like he's an unwilling, a uh, uh, traveler in his own body while someone else is doing everything. He's right. actually doing it, but just very remorseful about having to do it.
1: Yeah. It's his blind, his blind sort of devotion to that oath, to that oath. Right.
0: That it's a little different than, I guess, the possession enables idea. him
1: to, to do these, these great evil acts. Okay.
0: It does remind me, well, though, of the the short stories Shadows Remembered that Sh- Shalon read um, because Yasna was reading. And in one of those stories, they talk about um, farmers being possessed by Voidbringers and doing atrocities. It's like the whole the devil made me do it type of thing. So a lot of these bad behaviored mm-hmm. farmers and village people would do stuff and then they would blame the Voidbringers. So that, it reminds me of that a little made- bit.
1: Yeah, Voidbringers made me do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Dalinar says, I need to think on all this. Um, It's been a long day. Please, if I could be left to my own thoughts now. Renarin acquiesces to this request. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's time to play some berry. Some berry white. uh,
0: Hey, could everyone just leave me alone except for you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you stay behind,
0: Navani? Actually, he doesn't, it's the opposite. He doesn't want her staying behind. So
1: R- R- Renarin, Renarin, this is one of my favorite parts of the series, by the way. This has been a long time coming. I absolutely love both of these chapters so much. And the payoff is amazing. Nivani says, aren't you pleased at all, Delinar? Lingering, lingering at the doorway. She has one hand on the frame. And he says, pleased. And she says, you aren't going mad. But we uh, but we also don't know if I'm being manipulated or not. He says, in a way, we have more questions now than we ever had before. She says, the visions are a blessing. I feel it, Dalinar. Don't you see how wonderful this is? Dalinar met her eyes, light, violet, beautiful. She was so thoughtful, so clever, how he wished he could trust her completely. I stopped there as a first-time reader and I went, okay, there's my first clue
0: clue. Not
1: first clue, but, but there's a little, he, he felt he couldn't trust her completely. In the next italicized. Yeah. um, Paragraph. He gives
0: reasons for why he, she can't, he, she can be trusted.
1: Right. But, but there's a sandwich here. So how he wished he could, uh, how he wished he could trust her completely. Yeah. And then she has shown me nothing but honor. He thought never speaking a word to anyone else of my intention to abdicate. She hasn't, so much as tried to use my visions against me, which he, he feared that she would. Right, that he once worried that she might. Yeah, but then yeah. in the next sentence, it, uh, he he says she was a wonderful woman, Nivani colon, a wonderful, amazing, dangerous woman.
0: And dangerous is a italicized a- as well.
1: Correct, but so I'm, like- I'm so I'm wondering like like does he still hold a part of himself that doesn't trust her I, I and think... when he speaks of when he speaks of trust or danger it, d- does he mean something nefarious um or does he mean that um she's just trouble like trouble for him trouble for him to maintain the dalinar that he's trying to maintain trying to uphold and and she could shatter that really could shatter well she'll shatter part of it for yeah. sure. I, mean, I think
0: there's both things i think that he worries yeah, maybe because she's so intelligent and she's kind of a like mm-hmm. a, a wild card right now that mm-hmm. he, he worries what she could be capable of and what it could mean to everything but it also means she what she could mean to him and his um, his life and how, cause we know how much he cares for her and that's another reason she could be dangerous.
1: Okay. Okay. So, um, Dalinar says, uh, the ancients didn't have Fabrils, Navani. I'm certain of it. Right. And, uh, she says, well, that changes everything we thought we understood about them. She says, I suppose. Stone falls, Dalinar. She says, does nothing bring you passion any longer? Like, she, like she's trying to bring something out of him. They finally have a moment alone since Renarin has left. Right. And Dalinar takes a deep breath and says, too many things, Navani. My insides feel like a mass of eels. Yeah. Emotions squirming over one another. The truth of these visions is unsettling. It's exciting, she corrected. Did you mean what you said earlier about trusting me? I said that? You said you didn't trust your clerks. And you asked me to record the visions. There's an implication in that. Her hand was I like still that. on his arm.
0: I like that a lot. She's. I, I do too. She's like l- trying to find any nugget to be like, "Oh, you do trust me? You do trust? Like, I'm going to. I'm completely twisting well, what you said earlier into you trusting me.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. She's very hopeful. She's. She wants to get it out of him. And, right. Um, the door uh, clicks closed. They were alone and she was so beautiful. He's, he's noting those clever, excitable eyes, alight with passion. Mm-hmm. Nivani Dalinar says, forcing down his desire. You're doing it again. Why did he let her? Yes, I am doing it again. I'm a stubborn woman, Dalinar. Um,
0: she, she's so great, is, man.
1: He says, this is not proper. My, my brother, he reaches for the door to open it again. And this is where, this is interesting. So he he says, my brother, referring to Gavilar. Mm-hmm. Your brother, Navani says, why must everyone always focus on him? Everyone's always worried so much about the man who died. He's not here, Dalinar. He's gone. I miss him, but not half as much as you do, it appears. I honor his memory, Dalinar says. That's fine. I'm happy you do. But it's been six years, and all anyone can see me as... So this is, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm reading into this. This is making me nervous. Um, where anyone can see me as is the wife of a dead man. The other women, the, they humor me with idle gossip, but they won't let me into their political circles. They think I'm a relic. You wanted to know why I came back so quickly? I returned because I have no home. I'm expected to sit out of important events because my husband is dead, lounge around, pampered but ignored i make them uncomfortable the queen the other women at court so it, in her in her explaining this so so me as a first time reader with her explaining this i'm just a little bit concerned that if the writer if brandon mr sanderson is giving us subtle hints that, that there could be another motive behind navani like like it's clear that she's passionate about the Blackthorn. Like she's passionate about Dalinar. Right. And she, she doesn't miss him half as much as, as Dalinar does. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, that's I, a little concerning. And for her I, to I, say. I think there's, um, I think there's evidence that, a little later
0: in this chapter, dude, that might shed light on that. Um, mm. it's a little bit later here. She says. I need you. I've known it for years, though I feared it would destroy you with guilt, so I fled. But I couldn't stay away, not with the way they treat me, not with what is happening in the world. I'm terrified, Dalinar. I need you. Here's the line. Gavilar was not the man everyone thought him to be.
1: Everyone. Right. Right.
0: I was fond of him, but he... Please don't speak ill of him. And she says very well. Right. I remember that. So she's about to give a reasoning why maybe she doesn't miss him as much as Dalinar does.
1: Okay, so there could be a qualification there. Okay, I was just there could be some stuff. Yeah, I was just getting a little bit concerned that perhaps the the writer was hinting that Navani could be something could be else something else could be behind her motives here. But
0: right, and you have a um, right to be concerned because Dalinar just finished telling you that she was a dangerous woman,
1: dangerous woman. Like he just finished
0: doing it, right? So of course you think in that. I
1: feel guilty about not trusting her, but. Yeah, But he says, but he says, he wished he could trust her completely dangerous woman. And then here she is saying, I don't miss my ex husband as much as you do. Clearly it's been six years. Nobody sees, everyone sees me as the wife of a right. deaf, uh, uh, of a dead man. Everyone sees me. Well, that means you're concerned about yourself.
0: Well, I, I, I see. I read it you know, a little different. Um, I, 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 ca- know. I think I mentioned it last episode we did where I was like, you know, uh, Navani isn't just the mother of the king. She isn't just right. the widow of the, uh, of the old king. Right. Um, she's a scholar and a, fa- a Ar- 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 and an engineer. And she's all these other things. Right. And all right. anyone sees me as, is the wife of the dead man. Of the dead. Yeah. So
1: she's been reduced.
0: She's more than just who she married.
1: Living in a shadow of, of a dead king. Yeah.
0: Right. She right. just wants to be seen. And that's really yep. in essence, what all any of us want. We want to be seen for who we are. You know what right. I mean? We want to be seen for the things we can do, and not for the things that we, you know, uh, that everyone else thinks I, of I, us. I hope.
1: I hope that's the case. I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm less suspicious of Navani as I am of Sadius. I still think the red shard plate is, is the color indicator, but we'll see.
0: Well, Um, we can get to that a little bit more. The Red Shard Plate we will get more into in our bonus episode for this month when we record the Peter Pan versus uh, Way of Kings pod when we talk about the significance of um, Sadius's red armor versus Captain Hook's red coat. So we can talk about that on the uh, the bonus episode. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I agree. Um, There's definitely some... uh, he's laid it out here so that we can like Navani and also not trust her. And it's really expertly done by, uh, by Mr. Sanderson here because he's telling us we like her. Dalinar loves her, but also mm-hmm. Dalinar is very suspicious of her. And maybe we should be too. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, she mentions we, we were friends before, uh, I even met Gavilar. You still right. know me, um, as not, not some shadow of a rain that crumbled years ago, uh, don't don't you and and he says uh or he he's thinking inside he says Blo- blood of my father is telling her thought was shock she's crying two small tears. he had mm. rarely seen her so sincere, and so he kissed her, dude, and what's the and so I was like oh i was I was you know <laughs> when when I read this, I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing, I'm glad that he did it, really glad, but then the mm. next line. And so he kissed her the next line. It was a mistake. So I I couldn't relish in it too, too long. Like I read the line and so he kissed her. And then the next words from the author is it was a mistake. He knew it was, but he grabbed her anyway, pulling her into a rough, tight embrace and pressing his mouth to hers unable to contain himself she melted against him i love that line he tasted yeah. the salt of her tears as they ran down to her lips and met his um wonderfully long decades spent watching his um his brother's court marry and then hold the only woman that the young dallenor had ever wanted
0: um this uh this podcast just got real sexy
1: real sexy <laughs> Um, Um, he told himself he would never allow this. He had denied himself these feelings for Nivani, and here he was. And he said, and it says here, Dalinar had stepped aside, but the taste of her, the smell of her, the warmth of her pressed against him was too sweet. Like a blossoming perfume. It washed away the guilt. Yeah. For a moment. That touch banished everything. He couldn't remember his fear at the visions, his worry about Thaddeus, his shame at his past mistakes. He could only think of her. Beautiful, insightful, delicate yet strong at once. He clung to her, something he could hold on to as the rest of the world churned around him. Eventually, he broke the kiss. She looked up at him dazed. Passion sprang like tiny Flakes of Yay. crystalline snow. Spren heads out there. This is the, this has been my, this is my favorite pa- Spren moment Ooh. of all of them.
0: Well, it's so cinematic. These this, like little snowflake this, type of things falling around them.
1: start coming. Yeah. The, the passion of yeah, really like tiny flakes of crystalline snow floated down in the air around them. nivani he says, and she says, hush. And she puts her head on his chest.
0: Yeah. I um I think it's important and, and he to point says, out we, we here can't, that, and she um, says
1: hush. I just love that moment so much. Hush, like she doesn't want him to speak. She wants this moment. Don't spoil the so, moment. Yeah. Don't spoil the moment. I mean, yeah. how how could I uh, how could I doubt Navani after this moment? I don't see how I could. But there in the text are some subtle little hints. Yeah, I feel. But he,
0: she she does like that that part that I read to you earlier. The I need you part. Where she says, I need Mm -hmm. you. I've known it for years. Um, I feel like Dalinar is telling us that he needs her too. When he's like, from a moment that touch banished everything. He couldn't remember his fear out of the visions, his worry about Sadius and his past shame, his his shame of his past mistakes. He's telling us without telling us that he needs her too. He needs someone to make him feel good about himself and not worry about all the bullshit, you know?
1: Well he he can't I don't think that he can be who he's meant to be without her.
2: Right.
0: I I think I because agree with he, that.
1: Because because he's had he's had those feelings for so long. Like how can you long for someone for so long?
0: It's like 35 and, years or something ridiculous and
1: consider yourself a complete person like Right. How can you how can you do that? Like I I I don't, I don't know. know. I think that you know I really
0: wish that we had um we had read this chapter before we recorded yeah. our Valentine's Day episode because it goes well, really really well with it.
1: Next year so, we could we yeah. could we could revisit our, our Yeah, our, we can uh, revisit this passion on, uh, on on the matter. But uh, that passion spread moment, that's one of my f- I mean other than still materializing and battling on Kaladin's chest like that, those moments were Un- unbelievable as in terms of Spren moments, as well as the gigantic Spren that we got to right. um, hear about and witness. You know, that's really, really great. But this little moment here where the Black Thorn, where she's melting against him in this embrace, in this kiss, yeah, the passion Spren.
0: There's a couple of things here I want to mention. Um, we haven't had any sex at all in this novel so far. This is as close as we've gotten to have any kind of real uh, physical attraction, any kind of passion. And uh, for someone who th- hasn't written any sex at all in this series uh, or in this this novel, um, Sanderson wrote this passionately. Like he it was very passionate and I got to tip my hat to him. Really well done. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. Stirs those feelings inside. After, after this really passionate moment, <coughs> there's kind of a really important info dump here. Okay. Um, we're going to do like a, a mid sh- show info dump here where she, you know, they, they talk about, um, needing each other and, um, you know, she, she says stuff like, I won't take this from you. I have no home. And we, we, we said that I, I you know, I've returned because I have no home. I have nowhere to go. Um, She starts talking to him about some stuff that he didn't even know. She's like, I've been noticing that things have been happening. This is almost like an argument for them to be together because, you know, the world is so fucked up. And you're going to tell me we can't be together because of propriety reasons, because I'm your brother's ex. Like the world is so messed up that our relationship is the least messed up thing in the world right now. And some of the things she brings up is that the king of Yaakoved was assassinated by a shin man wearing white. And Dalinar had no idea. And he's like, what?
1: Well, he says, Stormfather. Yeah. And she says, something's going on. Something bigger than our war here. Something bigger than Gavilar. Have you heard of the twisted things men say when they die? Most ignore it, but surgeons are talking. And storm wardens whispered that the high storms are growing more powerful. I have heard, he says. My daughter seeks something, Navani says, referring to Yasna, She frightens me sometimes. She's so intense. I honestly believe she's the most intelligent person I've ever known. And the things she searches for, Dalinar, she believes that something very dangerous is near.
0: And then he thinks. Yeah. The sun approaches the horizon. The everstorm comes. The true desolation. The night of sorrows. Right. So let's, let's just pause here for a second on the death, excuse me, the death delirium. It's the first time mm-hmm. we've really, I mean, not the first time, maybe the second time we've had characters in the story talk about it as it comes. Right. We've had Bridge 4 yeah. talk about it. Surgeons are talking. And then now, now these characters are talking. And surgeons are talking. Yeah.
1: Surgeons are talking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's really, really cool. Um, I mean, we've been reading these death death deliriums, this whole book. And so now it's really cool. This is like reading the book within the book. This is like, you know, the stuff that we've been reading this whole time. Now the characters are kind of catching up to it.
1: They're actually talking about it. Yeah, I know. I love it. It's it's just, it's amazing. This is the moment where she says, I need you. I've known it for years, though I feared it would destroy you with guilt. So I fled, but I couldn't stay away. Not with the way they treated me. And not with what is happening in the world, and this is where they you get that moment where, that you mentioned earlier, that Gavilar yeah. was not the man everyone thought him to be. I was fond of him, and then he says, "Please don't don't speak ill of him." Right. And she says, "And she says very well." Um, There's
0: another line here. She says that brings up the same kind of thing. A little later, she says, "Gavilar is dead. I was never unfaithful while he lived, though the Stormfather knows I had ample reason." So. Right. She's saying Stormfather
1: like, being the all-witness, the, all the witness. so if the eye in the sky witnessing everything, let's say. Knew the that Stormfather I had... knew yeah. that, I, uh, that I had ample reason.
2: Right, to be unfaithful yeah, to him.
1: I... I well, it, it seems to make sense. The only light eyes so far in the book that I have come to witness or know, only Dalinar and his sons appear to exemplify proper behavior. Yeah. You know, uh, or at least the word good, whatever that might mean, good behavior. Every light eyes otherwise has been a disappointment. Right. And I still to this day, I'm never going to get over the Amaram thing because <laughs> yeah. I, because that seed was planted right at the beginning when Kaladin was, um, was imprisoned and he spoke about it. And I just thought, okay, well he spoke about it. Well, it's, that's probably the, 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 the misleading moment. Mm -hmm. So it's going to come that, that Amaram, you know, like I had that theory that he was maybe hiding Calvin, whatever. Right, right. Um, but of course, no.
0: Yeah, I also complete, want to push or just, I want to push back on my own evidence here for a second and say that I've pointed yeah. out a couple of moments where um, Navani might have been mistreated or um, that Gavilar was not necessarily a good husband to her. Right. However, this is not necessarily evidence that Navani is a good person herself. Gavilar could have been a shit to her and Navani could still be dangerous and could still not be trusted. So... Bye.
1: I am going to stand by Dalinar's account of her. I mean, he's, 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 he's passionate about her. He's loved her for, for, for years, forever, but there are things Mm -hmm. that she could be thinking or doing that he has no idea about. Right. So, you know, I mean, however, the, the moment that they had, that they had, I'm glad that they had it. Me too. I'm glad that this, this, um, this door has been broken down between them.
0: Yeah, so they're like, how, how um, is this going to work? She, like, are we going to be together? Like, what, how, like, what's going on?
1: Yeah, so I, I think there might have been one other thing. No, no, you're right. That's it. Yeah, how can this work? A, we'll find a way. Yeah. We'll be denounced. The war camps already ignore me, Navani says. And they spread rumors and lies about you. What more can they do? Yeah. They'll find something, he says. She,
0: she says the devatories can say what they wish, but the arguments do not forbid our union. Like the arguments is like kind of like the right. religious, one of the religious texts from Voronism. Tradition is not the same as doctrine and I, and I will not hold myself back for fear of offending. So right. it sounds like their union would be offensive, but not illegal.
1: No wonder Yasna, like you can see where Yasna got her fire.
0: Right. You totally see it. Like You're totally this, right.
1: This is, this is the keeper of the fire. Absolutely. I will not
0: be denied. It's, it's you know what I mean? Like this kind of, yeah.
1: Navani's the flame. Um, If you had hoped to soothe my worries for the day, then this didn't help. And this is Dalinar speaking to her. And I love how she responds here. I'm not here to soothe you, Dalinar. Quite the opposite. Please, I I do need time to think. Navani, he says, I will not abandon you. I promise. She eyes him with a wry smile. Very well. But you began something today. I began it. Yeah. She says, The kiss was yours, Dalinar. And he says, You seduced me to it. She says, What? Seduced? <laughs> Dalinar, I've never been more open and honest in my life. I know, Dalinar says. That was the seductive part.
0: Right. I like that a I lot. I love
1: that. That's yeah. such a great line. Um
0: I like the last line in here.
1: Her being open and yeah, I know the last lines made. So blood of my father's, he says, he thought, why can't these things ever be simple? And yet in direct contrast with his thoughts, he felt as if the entire world had somehow become more right for having gone wrong.
0: I love it. It's amazing.
1: That's the end of the chapter.
0: You know, regardless of whether or not Uh, you can trust Navani, (laughs) all I care about is Dalinar's happiness at this point. Yeah. And if he, if she makes him happy, then give her.
1: She literally moved his world right right. She changed his world yeah this, that awesome. one kiss that embrace, that release that, that you know like like there there is a whole future now ahead of him that is vastly different and lies outside of yeah the adherence to the codes that he that he Um. Admonishes.
0: Uh, um so what's your highlight dude?
1: The highlight, well, I mean, come on, the pain, the passion spren, I think is I'm a spren head, so that's great. Love my spren. <laughs> yo. So, if you didn't a, know, I'm a spren head. I got a default. You know, I'm a you know, I'm a head. So, <laughs> um, I got a default to the passion spren, Amazing moment. Um, um, but I gotta say that, like, that ending is is quite astounding. I love that little mention about the seduce about the seduction. Um, he says, "You seduced me to it." What? She says, "Dallinger, I've never been more open and honest in my life. I know. That was the seductive part.
0: Right. I like that too, where he's like, her Uh, being so so honest and like sincere is the thing that he liked the most.
1: Is the... Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know.
0: Yeah. My highlight is, I've always said that um, pretty much... Any, hi- any chapter with Renarin or Navani is a highlight for me. Right. Um, I, right. I've said that in the past. I love these two characters. Um, mm-hmm. They're both in this chapter, but the highlight for me is Dalinar actually going in for the kiss. He yeah. he did it. Him, like he didn't, yeah, all of his fears, all of the weight of the world hanging on his shoulders. Yeah. And yeah. he just let himself be a regular guy for a second and just kiss the girl he likes. You know, I like it. I think it's great. You know
1: what? It 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 almost ties into the revelation, if you will, that he's not mad. Right. It's so so great. if it's he's so not m- if what he's a not chapter. mad, if he's if I'm not if I'm not out of my mind and if I'm if I'm sound of sound mind, then you know what? I'm taking this moment.
0: So chapter
1: Chapter sixty-two Three glyphs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. Three glyphs. The, um, the, the death, death quote, quote here is again. not
0: really all that interesting. Um, the darkness becomes <laughs> a palace. Let it rule. Let it rule. I don't really have anything to comment on it. Um, normally...
1: On the death th- quote, yeah. Yeah, normally they're
0: prescient uh, and have some kind of thing, but I there's not really anything to talk about for me. I don't know if you have anything to talk about. It.
1: The darkness becomes a palace. Let it rule. I don't know. Are they saying that the that damnation becomes a palace, maybe. let it rule? Damnation becomes the place where we go? I don't know. Maybe wherever yeah. you find yourself, you make it a home. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, we have Moash here starting this off with... You think one of those will save us, Moash asks, scowling when he sees the, um, the prayer tied about Kaladin's upper right arm. Yeah. Kaladin glances to his side. He's standing at parade rest as Sadius's soldiers are crossing. I like this, uh, Sadius's soldiers crossed, crossing their bridge. Right. I like how they own it.
0: Yeah, it's theirs.
1: It's their bridge now. It's not. This doesn't belong to the army. We've made it our own.
0: It's like a um, just think that Full Metal so cool. Jacket. This is our bridge.
1: <clears throat> hmm. Right.
0: That speech from Full Metal Jacket.
1: Yeah. 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 Storm wardens are promising that no high storms were near. Mm-hmm. Um, the prayer tied on his arm. Three glyphs. Right. Um, were on this uh, prayer that's been. Um, fastened to his arm three glyphs the wind protection and beloved a prayer to Jezre the storm father to protect loved ones and friends um, this came from his mother from Kaladin's mom yeah. mm-hmm. it's the kind of uh, prayer she wearing used. it. yep uh, and wearing it reminded him of her which I thought was nice and he says I can't believe you paid good money for that Moash says if there are heralds watching they don't pay any mind to Bridgman. Yeah. And he says I've been feeling nostalgic lately I guess.
0: Yeah. He's been thinking a lot about religion and stuff because of the whole mm -hmm. the whole stormlight stuff. Right. So he's like I got maybe I got to pay attention to this stuff a little more.
1: Dre pipes up and says they're going to see us dead you know. This is it. The Bridgman were exhausted. Caledon and his team had been forced to work the chasms all night Hashal had put strict requirements on them, demanding an increased amount of salvage. Right. So in order to meet the quota, they had they had to forego training. Right. In order to scavenge more. And then today they'd been awakened for a morning chasm assault, only three hours of sleep. They were drooping, standing in line.
0: Yeah. These when guys they, are, when they are in a bad way right now.
1: Right. And Scarpipes, let it come. They want us dead. Well, I'm not going to back down.
0: We'll yeah.
1: show them what courage is. They can hide behind our bridges while we charge. Moash says that's no victory. I say we attack the soldiers right now. <laughs> and Sigzel says our own troops? Sure, Moash says they're they're going to kill us anyway. Yeah. Let's take a few of them with us. Damnation! Why not charge Sadius? His guard won't expect it. I'll bet we could knock down a few and grab their spears and then be on to killing light eyes before they cut us down. And Kaladin just says no.
0: Yeah, this is, sorry, yeah, sorry, Mawash, this is a shitty-ass plan.
1: Yeah, he says no. It wouldn't accomplish anything, they'd have us all dead, um, and and we wouldn't even uh, inconvenience Sadius.
0: Like... I understand. like, like their the enthusiasm
1: they're like, of, of Yeah, I, I, I get yeah. it.
0: But, like, this is the <clears> worst <throat> plan anyone's come up with ever.
1: <laughs> well, Moash is rash. Yeah. He's brazen. He's rash. He doesn't think things through. But I, I, I do commend their, you know, willingness. I mean, think about going back to Bridge 4. Right. Their spirit. The chapter. Bridge right. 4. Where yeah. they were at and where they're at yeah. now.
0: Yeah, you're totally right.
1: Like, now, Like, you know, so... Even though it's a really dumb plan and it's no good, I'm st- I'm still celebrating these things because yeah. of where these characters have have come. They feel
0: confident now that they could do oh. something, even if it's sure death.
1: Absolutely, I love it. I say we attack them now, and then even Scar piping up and saying, "Well, I'm not going to back down." Like he's these right. like you're starting to speak like Kaladin right. or like when he's not being the wretch,
2: right? True,
1: right? Um. But Kaladin pipes up quite simply and says, I have a plan. Yeah. Well then, Moash says, what is it? You'll see today. If it yeah. works, it'll buy us time. And if it fails, I'll be dead. Yeah. And if I, if I'm dead, Teft has orders to lead you on an escape attempt tonight. You're not ready, but at least you'll have a chance.
0: Yeah. And this is way better than just running head first and trying to kill Sadius.
1: And it's to a kill way better Sadius. plan. <laughs> Um, Moash seemed contented with this, uh, uh, information from Kaladin. He's hot-headed, but he was the best with a spear.
0: Yeah. And he also, he also says that he, at the very beginning, he was the one who was the, f- the most contrary to Cal and trying to like, you know, he was the biggest dick and all that stuff. But now he's he equally was. as loyal to Cal yeah, as he was sure. against Cal.
1: Sadius is now approaching them on his Roan stallion wearing the red shard plate. Helm up, yeah. but visor, uh, sorry. Helm on, but visor is up. Sadius didn't give bridge for so much as a glance. Doesn't even look at them. Kaladin gave the orders for them to pull, um, to pull the bridge behind them and then lift. And it says here, it felt heavier than it had ever felt before.
0: Yeah. It has to do with their being tired, but also the weight of expectation, right?
1: Here I am at the end of the sa- of of the of the I'm 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 reading the end of the Way of Kings. At the beginning the weight of the bridge was there. I would have thought that by the end the weight might have been lifted, but no.
3: Yeah.
1: It's heavier. That is that's something else. Yeah. Um it looked like Dalinar Colon had given up his uh, bulky mechanical bridges and would now using Sadius' own bridge cruised to cross. So much for his honor, Calormenes. Right, notes. and I and mm. I mentioned this to you before that you did that that when when Dalinar made that choice to acquiesce or I guess um, uh, to um,
0: meet him halfway and stuff, yeah,
1: to meet Sadius halfway, you're you're now entering into sacrificing more men, and and there is Dalinar you know, uh, there's Dalinar dipping his toe in a, in an area that he. Previously hadn't gone, right? Right. Um, In his pouch, Kaladin carries a large number of infused spears, so he's planning to use those, which is exciting. They reach the next chasm quickly and the soldiers began uh, checking their armor, um, stretching anticipation spren. Spren head. Yes, another one. Anticipation spren, rising in the air like small streamers. So the anticipation of battle, I just, I love these I love these creations. I love these manifestations, whatever they are, this brand, this amazing component to this series. Mm-hmm. I just love it. The you know set I love? Set their, what? You know
0: what I love? I love Lopin. Lopin yeah. shows up with the Lopen. stretcher again, f- yes. full of water, and he has yes. the stretcher connected to a hook at his waist to make up for his, lo- his like, one arm. So he's able right. to carry one side with his arm and the other side he's got connected to his waist Little this engineer. guy is so smart, man. He yeah. he's literally like the the MVP of every bridge run because of just his his intelligence and his like, you know, can-do attitude. Um uh, he yeah. on the stretcher as well. He's got the uh the package from the chasm, which is like the um Carapace armor that the uh, armor, they, yeah. they salvaged. I have a part here I want to read to you. It says Yeah, go ahead. Um where is it?
1: <laughs> About the Lope one-armed winked. Herde-
0: Yeah, oh. yeah. Lopen and wink. <laughs> a one-armed Hardasian is still twice as useful as a no-brained Alethi. Plus, so long as I've got one hand, I can still do this. And he covertly makes yeah, a rude gesture towards the marching soldiers.
1: <laughs> I know. He's so that great. was a great Yeah he's like he's Just giving a fuck you To these yeah. uh, to these soldiers I know it's It's wonder. It's a wonderful moment A one-armed yeah. Herdazian Is twice as useful As a no-brained Alethi Yeah Come on It's awesome
0: Yeah it's great yeah. And then we get this That's Like awesome. uh, run-in Lopin has this run-in With um, one of these soldiers At first uh, Cal thinks That maybe the soldier Saw Lopin Like giving him the finger But um, the, he it doesn't seem like it This dark-eyed soldier Comes up to Lopin And grabs one of the water skins Off the stretcher and then Cal's like, well, we can't let him do this. It would set a pr- really dangerous precedence to let these soldiers bully the bridge crews, right? Like they can't, they just can't let this happen.
1: Right. Um, I got I, I to mention one yeah, one ahead. thing before you get into that. So Kaladin says, um, so after um, after he makes the rude gestures toward the soldiers, Kaladin says that it had been a long time since um, he'd gotten the jitters before going into battle, but here he had them. And he thought the tux had beaten that out of him years ago. Right. So I just I like that that they are continuing to build in, you know, um, you know, nervousness and tension amongst the characters. Even though you're reaching the end of the novel, like it's Mm -hmm. still really hard. The bridge is heavy. Yeah. He's nervous about the battle. He's. He's We know why he's nervous,
0: right? He's about to pull off try to pull off a maneuver that. I mean, that he, he
1: has, that he can't even tell his men about, and he can't and, even sorry, really I, I practice just to mention for. It. That.
0: No, no, for sure, for sure, it's a really important part. He's nervous because he's, you know, he's <laughs> going to do something unthinkable. This is like trying to pull off side carry again. This could go really, really bad.
1: Really bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, so this, uh, so Cal's like, you know, we can't. Yeah, he's like, we can't let these guys do this because it would attract attention of more soldiers. And then one, they're th- they think that, well, these soldiers are just going to start bullying us all the time. And plus, one of them might see the armor on the stretcher and then his whole plan right. would be and shot. Right, all up. Yeah.
1: Um, so Kaladin, so the, so, so the guy comes over, he grabs the thing and and yeah, Kaladin goes over to the guy and says, you have your own water crews. Basically, like, you know, you don't need to take ours.
0: Yeah. And the guy says, I don't want to wait.
1: I don't want to wait. And then Calden's response here. I love it. I can almost imagine him getting closer to him and saying, how unfortunate.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, how unfortunate that you don't want to wait yet. Yet you're going to have to.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I love that moment. Um, and the soldier's uncertainty showed in his face. So, um, But Calvin is thinking inside, just, just back down, just back down. Yeah. The man that he's confronting now makes a fist, knuckles cracking. And here's the part. He says, within seconds, his crew arrives. The bridge crew comes around within seconds. Yeah. I think that's important. Within seconds, the entire bridge crew was there.
0: Bridge four formed around Kaladin in an aggressive inverted wedge pattern, moving naturally smoothly as Kaladin had trained them. Each one made fists, giving the soldier ample chance to see that the heavy lifting had trained these men to a physical level beyond that of an average soldier. Mm -hmm. The man gluts back at his squad, looking for support. (laughs) support. Ain't nobody helping this guy.
1: (laughs) And then Kaladin says, Do you want to spark a fight now, friend? If you hurt the bridgeman I wonder who Sadius will make run this bridge Yeah The man glances back at Kaladin And with regards to the, the water Probably full of creme anyway He mutters yeah. And he re- rejoins his team This was yeah. a good moment It was This was good yeah. I thought it was ten- Again it's tense I thought okay oh, Like you know If they discover the, the armor This whole jig is up um, um, But it didn't happen I like hear this part relaxed.
0: where Cal's like, I hope that none of these other soldiers saw how well trained the bridge men are because they right. just showed like, well, trained, good training, but he, he, it doesn't look like anybody noticed, but he was worried there for a second that <laughs> this, right. this example of training might've sh- been shown to the other, uh, the other soldiers.
1: Lopin says, uh, I'll keep a tighter grip on, uh, on these things from now on, Gancho.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, and then he he tells Cal that he can get back at this guy. He's like, he says, hey, "I have a cousin in the water cruise." Yeah, and that cousin owes uh, that cousin owes have me a, a, a favor.
3: Cousins. <laughs>
0: yeah. So he's like <laughs> saying, like, so you know, never I enough could cousins. I could get my cousin to do something to their water.
1: Yeah. I wonder what that something would be. Um, yeah. And he says, "Yeah, you, you do have a lot of cousins. Never enough. You bother one of us, you bother us all." That's something you strawheads never seem to get. Um, no offense or anything, Gancho.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and then he says, "Don't make any trouble for the soldier. Not not today." Yeah. And and then and then he says to himself, "I'll make sure of that myself here soon." Yeah. I love the building of this bit when you're first reading it because mm-hmm. you're not uh, really sure what he's going to do. The time came to cross. Uh, bef- before long, the time came to cross and pull the bridge up for the last run right the assault Sadius's soldiers were forming ranks light eyes riding back and forth calling orders um marshal sorry Matal oh yeah this is the Mattal's the husband Kaladin's, right Matal waved, right, waved Kaladin's crew forward Dalinar Colan's army had fallen behind coming more slowly because of his larger numbers hmm um were they singing already Kaladin was thinking with yeah. regards to the Parshendi yeah Kaladin thought he could hear their voices so I'm curious about that, why he, you know, was well, hearing their Because voices. they already,
0: they know that um, uh, Parshendi um, hum and sing during battle.
1: During battle.
0: Yeah. And that's why he's like, I can, I can already hear them humming. Like they're already, they're already poised, which they're means that poised. they're, they're ready. remember we, t- we we know that the main thing here is that if they get <coughs> there early, then they can then then dock.
1: They can more safe. Yeah.
0: Right, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen this time. The Parshendi no. are there ready for them yeah, this time. Yeah, they're already singing. Yeah.
1: Moash was on his right, Rock is on his left. Three yeah. on the death line. Again, Right, your number.
0: Yeah, that's how little Three. men they have in the bridge crew right now.
1: Right. Shen's at the very back because he didn't want Kaladin to see what he was about to do. right. Shen being the Parshendi that's joined the crew Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to duck out from underneath once we start moving Kaladin says Rock you take over keep them running he says very well it'll be hard to carry without you but we have so few men and we are weak Mm -hmm. he says you'll manage you'll have to right Um, this thing you will try is dangerous perhaps and I love how I love Rock can I help I'm afraid not my friend but it strengthens me to hear you ask yeah so it's so
0: great. Rock is the great Mattel character. Matal
1: yells for the bridge crews to go. Arrows shot overhead to distract the Parshendi. Bridge four breaks into a run. And Kaladin.
0: He ducks out. And he he puts on the uh, the vest that has the carapace chest plate on, like the breastplate yeah. on. He yeah. puts the helmet on, which is like literally part of the person's, like the Parshendi's skull. Yeah. And then he has a shield. a soldier. And the shield has this crisscross pattern of parshendi bones on it, which is super yeah. gruesome, dude. This Cal yeah. is dressed up like a necromancer here. Like this is friggin' gross. He's like well, wearing he's, bones. He's,
1: it's it's, t- it's, a, it's it's a barbarian kind of a maneuver here. I think very though. much this, so. This is, this is a bit of a barbarian moment here. Matal screams at Kaladin when he when he breaks up when he breaks off at Kaladin in a panic but the bridge crews were already in motion. Yeah. Kaladin was focused on his goal, protecting bridge four, and he sucks in sharply. The stormlight light flooded, flooded him from the pouch, and he, he didn't want to draw in too much, just enough yeah. to give him some energy. And Syl is sipping uh, in front of him, a ripple in the air, uh, nearly invisible. Kaladin whips off um, the tie off of one sack, pulling the vest and throwing it awkwardly over his head, and the shield came last. And you said right. that had the cr- that crisscross bone pattern. Mm-hmm. The Parshendi archers directly ahead of him abruptly stopped singing.
2: Yeah. It's but such a shock to them. them.
1: Several of them lowered their bows and and though it was too distant to make out their faces, he could sense their their outrage Yeah, at seeing him. Kaladin had expected this. He'd hoped for it. The Parshendi left their dead, not because they were uncaring but because they found it a terrible offense to move them,
0: right? And clearly, clearly touch- Kaladin had
1: moved them. <laughs> yeah, clearly, or merely touching the dead seemed a sin. If that was the case, a man desecrating corpses and wearing them into battle mm-hmm. would be far, far worse. So this tactic, I think, was brilliant for him to don this particular armor. Right?
0: Because now they're like, you know, what he's doing here is he's pretty much doing like a D and D maneuver where. Like a duelist It's intimidation It's an intimidation thing Where now all the foes Are focused on this one guy And then all your buddies Can go around And picking them off Um, He's literally doing that He's make, But he's Had the focus Of an entire Squad of archers I know Like It's crazy An an, an obscene amount of arrows Are coming his way here
1: Well then we'll fight In the shade Remember Remember that line From 300 Yeah one of the best lines ever. It's great. A quick violent song is now heard from the Parshendi that he's confronting. Uh, More chant than melody. Those who had lowered their bows raised them, and they tried with everything they had to kill him. Right. Arrows flew at him, dozens of them. They flew individually, rapidly, wildly, each archer loosing at Kaladin as quickly as they could. A swarm, I love this line, a swarm of death. Bore down on him, and as you know from my D and D games, I do like some swarms.
0: Yes, uh, so I'm a, I'm a bit
1: of a swarm head.
0: They're fucking annoying, <laughs> to be honest. Swarms well, are annoying
1: in 3.5. Yeah, very 3. much 5, annoying. Not in fifth. Okay, they're not annoying they're not in fifth? fifth. Are you no, sure? Because no. you can, no, because you can you can attack them and and do damage to them and get rid of them. In 3.5, they're far more sinister than that.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're they fucking annoying. Your
1: space, you can't. Yeah, you it's, need it's fire tricky... and
0: shit. No, I don't like it.
1: Okay, um, pulse racing. Okay, he dodged between the... Air. I, I mean, I love this. This is so um, visual. Him do- him dodging and, and infusing himself, this energy from the stormlight. The He's- arrows came more swiftly. One sliced open his arm. and The arm started to leak. Stormlight? Yeah. Not blood. And to Kaladin's amazement, it began to heal, to seal fucking wolverine here yeah from dude. crystallizing on his skin stormlight draining from him he used his shield to knock arrows out of the air it was as if his body had longed for this ability i love this line as if it had been born to take advantage of the stormlight not acting beyond his capacities no 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 finally reaching them
0: yeah he was always God, meant for this love it like has he lived his whole life as half a person, and now he's right. become a fully formed Kaladin Stormblust? Yeah. Like I love this. Uh, we get it a little later when uh, um, uh, when Scar says, "There's no other way to say it but to say Stormblust." Like the fact that you just did yeah. that, and like yeah. he's f- like he has had this moniker for a while, but he's finally Kaladin Stormblust here. To it. Yeah, he's displaying yeah. it. Dude, I got. Them to Dude, it, I've read remembers. this book like six times or seven times, and I've got goosebumps just talking about this right now. It's amazing.
1: It's crazy. This, this, this was really, really a good moment. That's why both these chapters back to back we get a kiss. Yeah. And now, and now this. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, back to back, amazing chapters. Part of him exulted in the thrill of ducking, dodging, and blocking the hail of arrows. Kaladin realized that the bridge crews had parted around him, leaving a space for him. To keep dodging while they passed him and set their um, set their burdens, bridge four was in place. Cavalry charging across to attack the archers. The soldiers cut Parshendi down easily, sweeping the ground of them and making room for Sadius's foot soldiers. So, th- this plan is working. This is going exactly how Kaladin hoped it would.
0: Yeah, yeah. He has a you thought fool. here. He thinks to that. himself, "How <laughs> long right, have I been doing this?" Right. How many arrows did I draw to the bridge, pulling them away from me? Like, yeah. how long has he been unconsciously doing this?
1: Yeah. I. I he doesn't know. No. Because he's entered into a completely different state of being.
0: Yeah. The kiss that Dalinar <clears throat> had earlier <clears throat> made his whole world right. And now Kaladin feels like he finally understands a little bit of who he's been this whole time, his whole life. You know, how long have I been doing this? Like now I'm doing it on purpose, but how long have I been doing this without purpose? That's really great.
1: When he gets back to his men, um... You fool, He lowered Mowash
0: his shield said. and it's bristled with arrows. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. His arrow, his shield. I imagine the shield, dude, just to be all arrows on one side. Arrows. It's just full yeah, of arrows. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Bris- well, bristled. I mean, yeah. um, you storming fool. What was that? What were you thinking? And Rock's like, was incredible. <laughs> like <he's- laughs> yeah. Sigil says, you should be dead. Stormfather Moash says, look at these. Yes. Calden looked down shocked to find a dozen arrow holes in the sides of his vest these arrows stuck out from the leather
0: he like his vest is full of arrow holes where he just missed like the arrows just missed his body and it just like right like it's crazy
1: storm blessed scar says that's all there is to it yeah teft shook his head he'd watched um Still, the, the, he noti- he notices here the way that uh, that Kaladin had dodged uh, the arrows looked incredible.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a moment here. Where um, Teft shook his head. Um, he looked to Teft raising an eyebrow, no- nodding towards the pouch at his waist, asking him right. pretty much, did anybody see the stormlight? And Teft shook his right. head. He'd watched the stormlight rising from Kaladin hadn't been visible to those observing, not observing. in the light of day. So thank right. God. It literally just looks like this crazy guy went out there and did all this went out without any help this. from anything. He just went and did it. Which um, which adds to the myth of Kaladin even more, right? Just like a regular dude, right?
1: Because there's no way to explain his accomplishment. Right. Like Looking at him, you're like, "Well, that's not a shard bearer." So, who? What the hell is with this guy? You put him yeah. out in a storm; he survived. Yeah. He's From Bridge Four, he's training his men. Like he just dodged fifty arrows. <laughs> <laughs> right. 50 <laughs> fifty fifty arrows is probably way more than that. Yeah, yeah, but you know um, what I mean. He he's yeah he says here. Um, he still had to deal with Metall, And then he says right. to his men, fall into line men. And they obeyed, uh, reluctantly, but they fell into place. Mm-hmm. And ahead, Metall stood beside the bridge. Um, Kaladin arrived as Metall bowed to Sadius. So Sadius is, is coming. Yep. Um, Metall bows to Sadius, who wore, uh, his glorious, again, they say red shard plate. I like the fact that they don't say that he has shard plate, they... Let me say red. Kaladin and the Bridgeman uh, bowed as well. Avarak Matal, Sadia says. He nodded towards Kaladin. This man looks familiar, motioning to Kaladin. He is the one from before, Brightlord, Matal says. The one who, ah, uh, yes, Sadia says, the miracle. Mm-hmm. So now we know he's being called Miracle. Right. That's cool.
0: Well, he, he's not being called Miracle, but the thing that happened that day when he survived the High Storm is being called the Miracle.
1: Oh, well, okay, well. Yeah. I, same thing, I, 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 I take I kind of wish I, I take was full, called the Miracle, I take full. Res- I take full responsibility, Bright Lord, Mattel says. Um, Asadius says, well, lucky for you, it worked. I suppose I'll have to promote you now. Those savages practically ignored the assault force. All 20 bridges set, most with nary a casualty. Seems like a waste somehow. Consider yourself commended. Most remarkable. Seems like a waste. Yeah. Seems like a waste somehow. I know, right?
0: That no one died.
1: Yeah. Seems like a waste. Yeah. What? Well, I think I, 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 so, okay. You can look at it that he he means it like that, but you could look at it that he means that, you know, so much effort to do it the way that we do it. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, because of this one, Bridgman's actions, right, it sort of prevented all of the effort that normally is put through in right. Going I, see forward. I see what you're saying. You're saying So, so he could. It. I'm now. That's and hey, that's you're getting a. That's that's. You're, you're defending you're, you're some Sadius a, over here. I'm defending Sadius in this brief little moment. Yeah, and and I'm not me. I'm not. I like really.
0: it. I like it. I like that you can think like that.
1: <clears throat> well, um.
0: It was the most backhanded promotion Kaladin had ever heard.
1: Right. <laughs> it was, yeah. You, Mattal, sputtered, you could have gotten me executed. And Kaladin says, yeah, instead I got you promoted. Yeah. I should see you strung up anyway. It's been tried. I love that fucking line. It's been tried. Fuck. Didn't work. That's one of my favorite lines ever. Yeah. It's been tried. Oh. I and could didn't hang work. on that line all day long, Sean. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I got it. And he I says,
0: beside, you know that from now on, Sadius is going to expect me to be out there distracting the archers. Good luck getting any yeah. other Bridgman to try that.
1: Yeah. Can, can you say he has Metall's balls in his hand? Like,
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> Metall's balls. Hey, hey I love it. Normally, balls? N- I, I, normally it's High Lady Hashal that has them, but Cal I, just got, stole yeah, those balls.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've got your balls, <laughs> Metall.
0: I you wish you could wife take had them, shawl's have
1: balls because she, she appears to have more balls than Mattal. um yeah. oh even if that's the thing fucking balls okay um it's been tried oh my god I, I can hang on that all day Mattal's face grew red you did it Kaladin Mowash exclaims you found the secret we need to make this work and expand it Mawash says we should have more than one five or so of us running around drawing the Pershendi attacks
0: um the, can I- can I point something out Sorry, here? Uh, yeah, Scar yeah. says, I'll bet I could dodge those arrows if I. W- that's yeah. all I was doing. Okay, so what Scar's doing right now is <laughs> Scar's being like the other bridge crews when they saw Bridge Ford do side carry. They're like,
1: we right. could do that. We could do that.
0: Scar's going to get himself killed if-, killed if he goes up yeah. there and does that.
1: Of course. Of you course. You know what I mean? Fucking guy. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> the Bones Rock says, this is what made it work. Yeah. Parshendi were so mad that they ignored the bridge crew. If all five were the bones of Parshendi? And then Kaladin notes, where's Shen? Right. And he looks, um, he finds Shen with tears streaking down his cheeks. He looks at Kaladin and shuddered visibly, turning away, closing his eyes. It's clear that this is a, an actual reaction we have from Shen.
0: Right. First he's time
1: visibly upset. This is the first time we get anything out of him.
0: Right. Yeah, we don't really even so know is... Shen at all, so this is the first thing. <clears throat> this is really the first time we've ever seen um, a Parshman, because yeah. he's Exhibit. not a Parshendi, he's a Parshman. It's the first time we've right. ever seen a, par- a Parshman have any kind of reaction.
1: Any kind. That's right. He sat down like that the moment he saw what you'd, well, what, what, sorry, I'm trying to read this. Uh, Teff says, yeah, he sat down like that the moment that he saw what, what you had done, lad. Might not be good for, um, he, he, he might not be good for bridge runs anymore. Yeah. Says to Kaladin. Um, yeah, Cal's like, is, uh, okay, well,
0: we, you know, he feels a certain we'll see, way about he says, it, but he, he's like, okay, we, we have some work to do still. There are still wounded on that battlefield that we have to go and tend to right so the men that he's trained go he can't go because Kaladin is like feeling cold and clammy and nauseous and weak
1: yeah he's he's in shock he's feeling weird eh yeah he's got nausea weakness you all right lad Tef says I'll be fine you don't look he says I'll be fine
2: yeah
1: he's not he's not feeling well after this after this run and I think that there's someone that suggests I think a little on here that he, that he pushed himself too hard. Right. Sill
0: does. Yeah. Teft reminds him though, that the Radiants were men as well, just men and that they could be killed. So to go out there all willy nilly like this is dangerous. The men need you, you know, like the the men need you to be around. So don't try to sacrifice, uh, sacrifice yourself. Right. Like, you know, an arrow can go through your neck and you'll die, you know?
1: Right. Well, Tef says, you are going to let a few of us go out there with you. Yeah. The bridge can manage with 25 if it has to. That leaves us a few extra, just like Rock said. And I'll bet some of those wounded from the other crews we saved are well enough to begin helping carry. I love so this. So again, again, this this thing with the wounded, I got to bring it back. I think I mentioned it earlier in the chapters that I believe this is a reference. Well, again, I'm, I'm more of a film guy, I suppose, but... Um, this is the bridge in the River Kwai. Mm-hmm. Right. This is that moment when Colonel Nicholson is trying to finish the bridge. He becomes so obsessed about finishing the bridge that he goes into the infirmary and takes out the wounded to see if he can inspire them to pitch in and lend a hand to finish the bridge. Now, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, sort of infer that that um, um, they're going mad uh, by trying to urge the sick. But I just think it's interesting that like when you start going to your wounded to help out your cause. Yeah. You know, like oof, those are, that's a, that's a tough thing I think that, to be going through.
0: But I think that he says, I, I agree with you. There's definitely a through line here, but he said, I bet some of those wounded from the other crews we saved are well enough to begin carrying bridges again. They're
1: well enough. Yeah.
0: So yeah. they've been saving men for weeks and weeks and weeks now From other crews And right. I love he says They won't dare They won't dare send them back to their own crews Not as long, long as cruise, Bridge 4 right. is doing what you did today So these <clears> men <throat> Even the men won't want to go back To their their old bridges They're going to want to stay with Bridge 4 Because right. they going were to want saved by bridge, bridge 4, four. Yeah, right. I right. love it, I think it's awesome
1: He'd always said that as a sergeant Part of his job was to keep Kaladin alive mm-hmm. I love that alright uh, Kaladin agrees Teft nods um, you were a spearman Tef, yeah Tef, there you uh, go Kaladin says don't try to don't try to deny it how did you end up here in these bridge crews it's where I belong Teft turned away to supervise the search so we still have that mystery of Teft yeah um, to the south the other army flying the blue colors of, of Dalinar colon they had arrived they crossed to an adjacent plateau Syl sits cross-legged on his chest. Yeah. Behind her, Dalinar Cullen's army had begun his assault onto the battlefield. And, um, that was amazing, Kaladin said to Syl, what I did with the arrows. Still think yourself cursed? No, I I know I'm not. Mm-hmm. I like that coming out of Kaladin. No, yeah. I know I'm not. Yeah. But the means, but the means, the failures were all just me but sorry, but that means the failures were all just me. I let Tien die. So. Yeah. I failed my spirit. That story is going to be harsh.
0: The slaves I tried to rescue. And then he says a name.
1: Yeah. Tara. Tara. He hadn't thought of her in some time. His failure with her had been different from the others, but a failure it was nonetheless. If there's no curse or bad luck, no God above being angry at me. I have to live with knowing that with a little more effort, a little more practice or skill, I could have saved them. Right. God, he still care. That's the bridge right there. Now what a weight.
0: Yeah. He's always carrying it around so, him.
1: Those things aren't, aren't your fault. Um, Sil says, that's what my father always used to say. He says, overcome your guilt, Caledon. Care, but not too much. Take responsibility, but don't blame yourself. Yeah. Protect, save, help, but know when to give up. There's such precarious ledges to walk. How do I do it? She says, I don't, I don't know. I don't know any of this, she says. But you're ripping yourself apart inside yeah. and out.
0: Yeah, she's uh, like, you're new Kaladin. to this. You pushed yourself too hard. And then he's like, <clears throat> save them. Yeah. Do the impossible, Kaladin. But don't push yourself too hard. But also don't feel guilty if you fail. Like he, he, there, there's two sides to all this, right? He's trying, right. he's supposed to do the impossible without doing the impossible. Right. It's not fair to expect him to, to try to do everything and then also tell him he's not allowed to do everything.
1: Yeah. But don't push yourself too hard, but also don't feel guilty if you fail. Precarious ledges. hmm That was my alternate title.
0: Could have been for, for sure. This chapter. Especially he's Precarious dancing ledges. on the edge of a chasm.
1: Well, I and and I like you know everything was on a ledge. Like, was this maneuver going to work? You're at the you're on the edge, and here he is. He's still, gosh, you know this character. He still is standing in front of the in front of the pit. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, he's he's always on that edge. He um,
0: um they they come back with some wounded men and uh, Kaladin <coughs> is like showing yeah. them how to how to uh, uh, you know clean the wounds and 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 save them and stuff and then while he's like busy doing that Lopin calls out to him but right. he doesn't call out Goncho he no, calls out he his doesn't. real name I love that. Kaladin
1: right he says Kaladin what Kaladin says and he says it again Kaladin. A group of Parshendi yeah, had punched through Sadius's line. Yeah. They had bows. So they had punched through Sadius's line. Now now okay, no, we, we've got to talk about something here because this is I think this is this is interesting. Yeah. Kaladin watched, stunned, as the group of Parshendi fell into formation and knocked fifty arrows all pointed at Kaladin's crew. The Parshendi didn't seem to care that they were exposing themselves to attack from behind, they seemed focused on only one thing, destroying Kaladin and his men. And this is the moment where I thought as a first time reader, I thought, this is it. This is where we experience not the death of Kaladin Stormblessed,
0: But of his men?
1: This, this is where he's going to fail again. Again. And all of his men are going to go down. And that is exactly the road that I personally went on at this moment. Right. Which was awful. So I kept reading, and uh, the bridgemen uh, around him turned as the archers drew near Sadius's men. Now, this is what I want to uh, focus on here. Okay. Sadius's men normally defended the chasm to keep Parshendi from pushing over the bridges and cutting off their escape. So I want to focus on that a little mm-hmm. bit. Normally. But
0: but this time, noticing that the archers weren't trying to drop bridges, the soldiers didn't hasten to stop them. So the normal soldiers normally prevent the Parshendi from going to the bridges because the Parshendi go to the bridges and they try to dump the bridges into the chasm, leaving them stranded. Right. But because they weren't doing that, because they were only firing on lowly bridgemen the soldiers didn't try to stop them. It's like major disrespect. These bridgemen got you here. And then now you're like, fuck them. We'll let them get fired upon. It doesn't matter.
1: They left the bridgemen to die. Instead, cutting off the Parshendi route to the bridges themselves. Kaladin's men were exposed. Yeah. Perfect targets. No, Kaladin thought. No, it can't happen like this not after, and then a force crashed into the Parshendi line, (laughs) a single figure in slate gray armor. And at this point, that's when all the, all the goosebumps. I got them right now, dude. Wielding a sword as long as many men were tall, the shard bearer swept through the distracted archers with urgency slicing into their ranks Parshendi fell before the sweeping blade of the Shardbearer, some toppling into the chasm, others scrambling back. The rest died with burned-out eyes, and in seconds, the squad of fifty archers had been reduced to corpses. The Shardbearer's honor guard caught up with him. He turned, armor seeming to glow as he raised his blade in a salute of respect towards the bridgeman. And then he charged off in another direction he says that was him, Dalinar Colon, the king's uncle. Lopin says he saved us. Bah, Moash says. He just saw a group of undefended archers and took the chance to strike. Light eyes don't care about us, right, Kaladin? Kaladin, Moash says. Yeah. You're right, Kaladin fought himself, saying. Just an opportunity taken. Except why raise the blade towards Kaladin? From now on, hmm. Kaladin says we will pull farther um, after the soldiers cross. I love the drama of this moment. There's so many little things happening with this dialogue. Well, we get to see an amazing moment with the Black Thor bursting through. Like that was a I I, I fully admit I was in a, in a very serious state of despair.
0: You really I was thought re- they starting were to read dead, that
1: page. Eh? And I love how Sanderson in one page took me from, I had no hope. I thought, okay, this is another. Or you
0: were, you were like hopeful because they had won the day and then they were all going to die. And then the day was saved again. I know. Right. right?
1: But, but, but I I didn't expect that. I, I, I I really thought that, that despite him pulling this maneuver off, Mm Mm-hmm I just thought that this was the time that his men are going to die. That Kaladin is going to be tested yet again in a very harsh way, mm-hmm. and I thought we were going to lose them all. Personally. I like That's, the um,
0: I like the point that but, Cal physically couldn't do anything. He had just literally pulled off the impossible, no, and that still right. wasn't enough. If it if it wasn't for the help right. of Dalinar, they would be all right. dead, and. And no matter how hard Kaladin pushes himself to do the most impossible things, it might not be enough.
1: Moash kneels beside Kaladin and says, an assault against a prepared foe without any bridges lost, a Shardbearer coincidentally coming to our rescue, Sadius himself complimenting us. You almost make me think I should get one of those armbands. Hmm. I love that. Kaladin glanced says, down at the prayer. Yeah. It was stained with blood from a slice on his arm that the vanishing stormlight hadn't quite been able to heal. Wait to see if we escape, Kaladin finished his stitching. That's the real test.
0: Wow, what a great chapter.
1: Yeah, that's the end of that chapter. Wow. Wow is right.
0: Any uh any highlights or thoughts on uh <laughs> on the goings on? Highlights,
1: the whole bloody thing. I mean I mean you know. Him him bursting out and uh and accomplishing what he did is an amazing highlight. Dallin R. showing up as as the Blackthorn, saluting. I think the salute means a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um that's a great a great moment. And I also think that that little, that little skirmish where Kaladin st- st- um, stood up to that soldier that wanted the water. Yeah. So many great moments, but if I had, if I had to pick a, a moment that is, that is, um, my favorite thing, I suppose I'd pick the salute.
0: Yeah. The salute's that, pretty cruel.
1: That, that Dalinar Colon had the, you know, the character, I guess the character to acknowledge the bridgeman. So, yeah amazing
0: amazeballs <laughs> i um uh, my highlight is um yet again a very far but in brief interaction between mm-hmm. bridge four and dalinar um mm-hmm. the salute means everything here for me um yeah it's these two storylines colliding again I've, I've mentioned this in past episodes um, I love it when our storylines collide a little bit. When we had Dalinar and Yasna talking by span read. So we had Shalon and that group kind of interacting by proxy uh, when Adeline yep. and Kaladin mm-hmm. met each other in the market when Adeline was protecting the prostitute. And now we uh-huh. see Dalinar and uh, Kaladin's group sort of pseudo interacting a little bit. I, these are, these are always highlights for me. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's, they mean everything to me. So mm-hmm. it's awesome.
1: Pretty That's great That's my highlight. Stuff.
0: I also have a well, little bit of an info dump here.
1: Do you? Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Just a little.
0: Info um we've kind dump. of uh, um... Info Info dump. The dump of the infos. Um so, yeah, we already uh, covered the uh, Parasafi and Nadra story. I really like that we yes. have a, s- a little yes. story like within a story, story here. This reminds me a little bit of uh, when Wit told that story to Cal. There's like a tiny little like story within a story here that we learned, so, like mm. lore building and stuff. I really like that a lot. Um, I, uh, I was going to save the 10 children, 10 nations thing for the info dump, but then I figured it was a right time to bring it up while we were talking about it. So I, uh, I left it at that. hmm Um, Dalinar mentions that he hasn't seen any Fabrials in his visions. I really like this because, um, it's not necessarily important for Dalinar, but it is important to Navani. So she's an Arda Fabrian. So, um, it's important for him to tell her the information of, listen, I've been in the past and there are no Fabrials. So Fabrials are a new invention of our, our people. Um the ancients didn't have them, which changes everything we know about them. They I think they obviously thought that um uh Fabrioles were something that all people used, but right. um they they're not, not. So. this is something new that this uh post desolation world, this Roshar has kind of invented or whatever. Um mm-hmm. because and it's like I said, it's important for Dalinar to have conveyed that to Nivani because he knows it's something that she's interested in, so I, I kinda like that. It's right. nice. Um, You have mentioned passion spren, tiny flakes of crystalline snow floating down I in the air around did. them. Um, I wonder if yeah. how, like, it's romantic in this moment, but if you're, like, having sex, is, like, passion spren all over? Is it, like, cold? Like, are you, is it, like, having no. sex out in the snow? I don't know. It's just, it's, it it's like, brings up lots it's, of questions.
1: It's It's like snow. It's not... It's not snow, it's not cold. Imagine I mean Okay. I can't think of anything more perfect. You know, one of my favorite films is uh is Edward Scissorhands and when and the, the snow the is <gasps> is Yeah, of course. Right. I mean like, you know, like Winona the picture Winona Ryder spinning snowflakes. around with the snow falling. Yes, but, I mean, I mean it's it's such a perfect moment, an expression of love. It's like Yeah. Um so having the snow in these uh passion spread, you know, uh, it's just it's brilliant. It's just I um beautiful.
0: Yeah, I like it too. I think it's awesome. Um, anticip- anticipation Spren, rising in the air like small streamers. Um, I equate this as to the, uh, you know, the blow up guys at gas stations that have like the, the, the long arms and they and they, they do this. That's, <laughs> yes. that's, what, that's, that's what I think so Anticipation funny. Spren looks like. Oh my like. God,
1: Anticipation Spren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Those long like, arms long... and long leg guys that yeah. like flop over
0: yeah. and stuff. Streamer yeah, that's guy, I... or
1: it's like, or it's like that uh, that toy that in the, from the '80s that the um, uh, the 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 water sprinkler that had the long wispy heads that just flailed around.
0: <laughs> they just flip around, like yeah, spraying yeah.
1: water everywhere like blah. blah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dissipation spread. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so they're hyper. So that's just, the... they're hyper little guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're just they just really <laughs> like stuff. They they like they can't wait. Um, they can't yeah, wait. so that's the end of the wait. info I... dump. Um, I uh, I really love this episode. I'm glad that we got to finish it. Um, yes. If uh, anyone is out there and wants to support the show, you can do so at heroes uh, at um, Patreon.com/slash Heroes of. Um, if you are interested in the bonus material that we've been putting together, um, you can go there and uh, for a dollar you can become part of the team and uh, you can listen to our Valentine's Day episode that we did, which was really awesome and fun. We gave each relationship a uh, love song, like our, our our world's love song, what we would equate to it, and uh, we won't tell you what they were. This is a pretty fun discussion. Uh, we're about to record another one where we talk about other literature and media and uh, like J- Jacks brought up Bridge of River, River Kwai, Quite often we're gonna have we're gonna talk about that. We talk about Peter uh, Pan, Peter Pan yeah. and how important Peter Pan seems to be a part of this story. Um, yeah, we're gonna do that. That'll be on the uh, Patreon site too. So if you are interested in uh, if you're interested in any of that, please head over towards Patreon.com/slash Heroes of. If you want to support the show indirectly, you just tell everyone you love us and uh, to listen <laughs> uh, like Joel uh, is doing. He's just yes. trying to recruit an army for us. Hey, what's up, Joel? Um, <laughs> How you doing, buddy? If you are um, wanting to reach out and talk to us, you can do so at uh, heroes at gmail dot com. You can reach out at heroes of one on Twitter or uh, the Storm Pod on Instagram. Um, yeah. So other than that, that's the show, man. Um, mm-hmm. I'm
1: looking forward to the next one.
0: Yeah. So the next one, let's briefly say this: that the next episode will be Chapter three 63. chapters long three chapters yeah 63 64 and 65
1: okay wow
0: it's on buddy we're going to be doing double release weeks this whole time too while we're releasing these (laughs) episodes so um, we're it's coming down to crucial times here so yeah so 63 64 65 will be the next episode they're all very short uh, chapters so I hope to get through this quickly we need to get you through the end of this book buddy
1: I know I'm very excited right
0: yeah all right. Well, thank you very an, much for listening. Uh, we, <laughs> I'm very <yeah>. excited. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm <laughs> an anticipation spread <laughs> for the next episode. Yeah, waving my hands in the air. The yeah. po- <laughs> us doing this on video uh, doesn't really transfer over to podcast because my arms. No, no one it sees my arms. I'm flailing so. my
1: arms right now, but you'll never yeah.
0: know. No one knows. <laughs> All right. Well, take care, everybody. We love you, and uh, Do- we'll talk to you next next episode. Yeah.
1: Take care, everybody. StormPod is brought to you by Heroes of. Theme song by Jack Forrest
0: Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, J, Phil, Mike, and Sean. The Heroes of Hakathra.